Hello, everyone, and welcome to our second Halloween special with the Godzilla Roundtable. It's nuts to me that we've been around that long, but this is special <laughs> number two. Oh, boy. Throwback. It's happening yeah. Halloween, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Crash, that's so weird. Why wouldn't we be having a good Halloween? I'm just saying for our audience out there, I want them to have a good time, you know? Be safe. Have a fun co- I don't know. I'm just trying to make it Halloween, you know? It's spooky time. <laughs> That's spooky. Oh my goodness, Crash. Anyways, as you can tell, Crash is here with me, and... Fun here as well. And Crash, you're per usual, again. Wait, I know you're here. Oh my god, well, Crash. I SMA, my we always head. say that. We're just following <laughs> on <with> that. <laughs> Anyways, for today's Halloween special, we're actually covering a movie this time. We're not covering... An internet sing. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing the Baragon creepypasta today. The right. Baragon creepypasta. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, as you might have been able to guess from Crash's hit there, today we are covering Frankenstein Conquers the World, otherwise known as Frankenstein versus Baragon, from 1965. Um, what would you guys give it out, Tim? Crash, I'll put you on the spot as always. As always, I swear. Uh, probably like uh, seven out of ten. It was a really fun movie. Had a lot of fun with it. A lot of classic show goodness here. Done. Uh, solid. Uh, yeah, yeah, turn. I really enjoy this one. For me, I would give this a nine out of ten. This is my, hmm. this is my second favorite non Toho Godzilla, non Godzilla Toho like monster movie. I okay, would say just because you're a little Baragon shield. Okay, okay, crash. <laughs> <laughs> That is that was uncalled for, and now you're fired. Get out! <laughs> no, not again. <laughs> I, I love how that joke makes no sense if you don't know that behind the scenes, I constantly throw and crash with firing oh, as a joke. <laughs> I'm not going to get my jelly beans today. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Crash is paid in jelly beans. <laughs> I, I worth the transaction. But anyways, um, yeah. So this movie was directed by Shiro Honda. We're, we're we haven't had one of his in a while. Yeah. Was the last one half human? No. I think. Really? Seeking on it. Oh, wait, no, Matra. Matra was oh, okay, the last Easter, yeah. Shiro Oh, Honda. yeah. That's our last Shiro Honda movie. Yeah. Though it has been a while, though, because that was way back in March. That's Easter, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, um, this one's an interesting one to me, because like I said, I think 65 was a big year for kaiju movies. Mm-hmm. You said, like, Astro Monster yeah. came out. Yeah, was Baragon and the original Gamera, right? Yep, and also wow. Ultra Q, which was the start of the Ultraman franchise. Wow, a very influential year for it. Yeah, so this is so this was, was a big year. Um, man, I'm trying to think on, on if I should go freeform with this episode or if I should make it more structured. What would you guys prefer? <clears throat> we can keep it a little freeform, you know. Yeah, freeform. Fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm a. I feel like I might as well talk about the Halloween stuff with it. Well, obviously, you have like Frankenstein, who's a big Halloween icon for obvious reasons. By the point in time where this came out, um, already Universal's Frankenstein stuff was over. Funny enough. <laughs> yeah, so like the original one came out in 1931, the Universal. Yeah. One. And then did they do like reboots <clears throat> after that? Like, was there like a Hammer franchise or something like that? Yeah, there was in the 50s. Oh, wow. Well. I thought it was later than that. Nuts. But yeah. yeah. So by that point, they were over with Frankenstein for the most part. 
I guess. Yeah, it's kind of funny when you think about it. It sometimes all these movies kind of jumble together in that like pre eighties kind of sense. But when you think about it, there was thirty years, over thirty years between um, uh, Frankenstein from nineteen thirty one and this movie. Yeah, crazy. So that so that's that's an interesting thing. I think that's you kind of see uh, see that though, in how like King Kong, King Kong versus Godzilla here, um, uh, Frankenstein is very much already a pop culture icon. Yeah, I think it's really cool how big he is, like in Japan too, that they had all whole thing about him too yeah <laughs> i mean you, as, you, see, you see a lot of classic sorry a lot of classic mm-hmm. horror influence in like stuff like castlevania too where they always use like classic monsters so it's cool to see like their interpretation of it here yeah i'm mm-hmm. curious crash did you get to frankenstein yet not yet okay i have seen it way back so i have vague recollection of the movie okay the i was just curious i know me and ton have seen it because i showed ton it so yep yep mm-hmm. um but yeah but yeah, though, like, like something like like you were saying with like the aesthetics of it, I feel like that movie has this too, because like they open up with like the dark and stormy Germany, even though I think they do something really interesting with that, where they shift it from like the 1800s, like which is what old Universal um, uh, horror movies did more or less, into the 1940s for the for the purpose of the plot. Yeah, interesting. Like way to kind of like slightly modernize it but still keep like the core the same exactly and i think that's an and and i think it really helps the film get to my danny because they have those classic elements like opening up like a dark and stormy um germany and then you get like the scientists like i'm a laboratory with all the like beakers of like chemicals and stuff yeah (laughs) it's it's a really nice like tone center there yeah (laughs) mad scientist lab and the and the still beating heart of Frankenstein. Yeah, that was creepy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess before I go deeper into it, I do want to talk about the behind the scenes history a little bit though, because the behind the scenes history, as I kind of um mentioned in some earlier episodes, I believe in King Kong vs Godzilla was where I mainly talked about it. This movie was originally spun out from the original concept for for King Kong vs Godzilla, which if anyone doesn't remember. Was well, really going to be King Kong versus Frankenstein? <laughs> that was the original idea that Willis O'Brien had. I know it would have been about a Frankenstein monster made out of various animal parts. Yeah. H- hence why it would be fighting King Kong. It would be King Kong's size. When Toho was brought the idea, they decided to cut out Frankenstein and save him for another movie and use King Kong for Godzilla. So the logical idea there would be that Frankenstein fight Godzilla, which almost happened, but they decided that Matra would fit better to fight Godzilla because Matra was a big box office success. So with that, so with that unused idea, Frankenstein versus Godzilla, they decided to just sub in a new monster, Baragon, and I think it works better. Honestly, I feel like it gives this film a very unique, I like like identity. I would say. Yeah, I was gonna say for mm-hmm. another show or movie, it's it has a very unique one because like we're following a kind of pretty much human esque kaiju. Are they considered a kaiju? Isn't there some really human kaiju? <laughs> yeah, so sorry. Are they have a specific word for them? I forget the word because I know really fucking big. 
<laughs> something like that. I'm um, uh, there's because, a lot of weird classification. Yeah, because I know there's a specific Japanese word for um a ton. Do you remember? It? I'm trying to see. Um... Because I know specifically this came up with the Titans for Attack of Titan. People were like, no, those are not technically kaiju. They have a specific name. Because kaiju technically is only meant to refer to animals. Mm-hmm. Let well, me see if I can find them. Uh, well, you look for it. Um, I should say it's it's a very unique monster movie there because like we're not we're we're not following like a monster specifically this time. Someone with sort of human like intelligence, sentience, kind of like yeah. But it's it's a really different one. It's really unique, and I like that a lot about it. I also feel like the tone of it. Feels a lot more. Oh, oh, that um, was it. I was thinking of that where I wasn't sure if I was right though. Thanks, Don. Okay, no the word is kaijin for kaijin. for for those kinds of um uh, human kaiju. That's the specific word. Interesting. But yeah, um uh, with the tone, like I was saying, um, I feel like it feels a lot more horror-y than the other Showa movies. Yeah, like, like, like it's uh, like it's not like say, ooh, so scary, but it is almost a gothic horror feeling to it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, there's a kind of, like, oh, go ahead, that beating heart, the hands like moving mm-hmm. by itself, like regenerating, and like him all chained up. There's a lot of weird, like, horrorish tone and elements there, or and, even just like the lighting. It's a very dimly lit movie, there's yeah. a lot of rain, it's very, there's a lot of fog. It's it it's much more um ton yeah that's a good word ton because you've seen Amama Tongo mm-hmm. it kind of has that same vibe right yeah it does um uh, Honda's approach to horror is very different from just kind of the usual uh, sci-fi action I guess you could call yeah killer kaiju movies there's a very like grim atmosphere like it's not quite as dark as Matango, but it's definitely mm-hmm. um, a big element of this movie. I also feel like with Honda's horror stuff, he likes to explore that humans are themselves the monster in a way. Mm-hmm. And how we act and how we treat others. And I think that's a big scene in this movie, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Should, I I get into, Should I get into that now? Should I save it? Uh, sure, if you want to. We're doing free right. form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are doing free form, I forgot. Um, uh, because with that scene, and I'm curious if you guys would, would agree, like you see what, oh, let me pull up his his name real quick. Um, one the, second. The main actor? Carrie no, Andrews. um, uh, not, um, uh, him, the other lead oh, guy. Oh, talking about, yeah, because we, we get like a kind of clash of ideals and perspectives with regards to how to handle Frankenstein. Yeah. It's really interesting because you have the main Okay, guy. yeah, I found them. I'm a, I'm a, Ken, Kenichiro Kawaji is the character's name and his actor's name is Tadeo Takashima because Takashima's character, while he's interested in Frankenstein for scientific research, and you know that scientific research is good because they want to try to figure out how Frankenstein survived the radiation and use that to help cure um, the radiation victims. Which at the time in Japan was a pretty um uh, relevant issue because keep in mind this was only twenty years after Hiroshima, so they were still dealing with a lot of victims of that of that bombing, who had health issues from that, from the radiation poisoning. Yeah. So while his motives 
are good. I think Honda challenges. How far should you go for that? Yeah, definitely, and especially with like with how Frankenstein like is sentient, like he's alive, and he's kind of just like, oh yeah, no, we should kill him. Like we have what we need. We don't need him anymore. Like what the hell yeah. they found later, and the other guy played by Return Nick Adams, Invasion of Astro Monster. Yep, Nick Adams. Adams. Yeah, and he's you know the more moral side trying to be like. Like, no, like, he's alive, like, he has a conscience, like, we can't just kill him, we don't have that right to. See, something interesting I I find with that, and and feel free to speak if anybody disagrees, um, with with Nick Adams' character here, I feel like he's almost in the middle. To a degree? To a degree, yeah. Because, like, Kimi Mizuno, who's also coming back from Master Monster, um, uh, her character is the one who I feel is the bigger advocate for Frankenstein. Because she trusts him, and she she's the one who says that what's going on isn't him, or that he's not trying to, to act out, he just wants to be left alone. I feel like Nick Adams is more in the middle, where he kind of sympathizes with, Bo- with both points of view. Because keep in mind, Nick Adams is also the one who hit him in the head with a chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he just wanted Alma Kumi Mizuno's necklace. And he was the one who was seen badly of, of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I guess, like, Kumi Mizuno's character kind of sees Frankenstein as a human. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Nick Adams' character sees him as, like, more of, like, an animal, almost. Yeah. And, of course, uh, uh, Takashima's character just doesn't see him as a living thing at all, just something to be exploited. So it's interesting yeah. if you have kind of these three clashing views. And for the most part, they still cooperate with each other. Yeah, until the ending, which mm-hmm. I think, which I like, and I feel like it makes the movie feel more unique rather than having them all bickering or arguing or whatever. They keep it a lot more subtle. Hmm. Um, I guess. Oh, 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 go ahead, Crash. No, I was gonna say like I agree with what you were saying. I also, um, uh, I'm curious, how did you guys feel about the historical stuff in this movie? The historical stuff? Yeah. Um, I think it helps, like, really ground it, because, I mean, the movie starts off, like, 1944, like, in Hiroshima, I think was the day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and really grounds it there, because, like, you know what's going to happen, and then they immediately show it off. So I think it provides a nice kind of, like, perspective and setting for the era. In which it's something, like, something interesting with that. Is this is the only Honda film to directly mention or show Hiroshima? Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I think there was another movie. Wasn't it um the anime trilogy when you said it was the first time they acknowledged like literal World War II events in a Godzilla movie thing? Yeah. R- r- rather time. than just mentioning it. That yeah. was the first time it, the anime trilogy was the first time they showed it overtly. Yeah, directly. And but this is the first Honda film to do that. Yeah. Monster. And the only one. Very interesting. It's very blatant too. It's very destructive. It's, it's a it's a it's a very um uh, powerful scene too. Like Kanda doesn't really. He just has if, as if it could be his music over it, and then pictures of the event happening. Yeah. And then they move on, and I think it's interesting how that's how he chose to portray it. Yeah, I I think so. I think because he wants to like get it established, you know what's happening. Because I think everyone's familiar with it, mm-hmm. and just to keep it moving, so like we have that 
motivation and setting for why everyone's so interested in Frankenstein beyond just the mm-hmm. scientific stuff, you know, the radiation, like you said, I think it really works well to getting the movie set up like that mm-hmm. in a very powerful way. Yeah. I'm, I'm also something else, which is coming to my mind. And I'm just curious if you guys would kind of notice the same thing too. I thought about this way back. It's kind of funny. We're coming kind of, kind of coming full circle a little bit in our, in our G54 episode. Mm-hmm. How I said that like Honda had a more nuanced take on radiation than people give him credit for. Because I don't know if you guys picked this up, but the main three scientists, what they're working on is what we would now call radiation therapy for cancer. Like in the at the, the lab they were in? Yeah. Yeah, that's a radiological institute, which is the old term for um uh, radiation therapy on cancer and stuff. Huh. It really changed in 1965, 4, 5. Yeah. <laughs> so that was very forward thinking in a way. And I feel like Honda kind of had a nuanced take where he, because there's a specific line from Nick Adams' character, if you guys remember from the beginning of the movie, where he's like, what Hiroshima, what happened to Hiroshima was dreadful and awful. But let's try to find a, find a way to at least have something good come out of it. Yeah, that's like a good way at the beginning. Yeah. And I think and I think that's interesting from both Honda and also um uh, the screenwriter um uh, Kimura Takeshi Kimura who wrote a lot of the of the Showa films actually on that idea that there could be a good purpose for radiation out there if it was yeah, used like to heal. Good to come out of it. Hmm. That is true. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just always looking ahead. <laughs> I'm curious, Amma, also on if like, actually, let me let me not get into that. <laughs> I was gonna bring up something else, but I'll I'll save it. Amma, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, Amma, somatically, is there anything else you guys you guys picked up on? I'm curious, or not really. Uh, nothing else specifically besides just like the ethics. Of- <clears throat> Dealing with a, a weird creature like Frankenstein that like yeah. really has sentience, but is also very much like not natural. Because like that's one thing they're all like constantly arguing about. Like, oh, I think we public opinion. I think I agree with we should kill him. And like actually, mm-hmm. like, you know, like he's alive. We shouldn't. And but like that was like one of the main things I. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of King Kong influence in that too. Definitely, mm-hmm. which might be carryover from like you said that original concept. Kind of. Yeah. I, I wonder on that because like they even have Frankenstein be bothered by like flashing lights, which yeah. is what made King Kong go on a rampage in seventy three. Yeah, and they have them all chained up and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's some like some stuff carried over, kind of like when Godzilla was revived by fucking lightning. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's funny how so many of these projects in the show are just like get elements shifted over to other movies. Yeah. Without really thinking of like about like, you know, does that actually work for me? Like fuck it, let's just do it anyway. Well, I know what even not to get off topic. What happened there was it was so late in production they didn't have time to change the script that massively. <laughs> yeah. So that's no, why you have you have Godzilla doing weird King Kong esque things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really interesting. And obviously things we're probably better prepared now so mm-hmm. we can really get stuff like that. But it's really interesting for the time how so many of the movies had elements yeah. like that. 
so many projects going on at once here, like transferring you. Yeah, they they were they were pumping these things out back in the show era. But yeah, um, I guess we should talk about Frankenstein more directly too. The monster, yeah. the titular monster, which okay, I know technically it's Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> I know. I joked about that as soon as Yeah. <laughs> but they call him Frankenstein in this movie. Yeah, for all intents and purposes, we'll be referring to the monster as Frankenstein. So do we already know it's not his real fucking name, whatever. The funny thing is, Crash, though, <laughs> there is one scene where they call him Frankenstein's monster. Oh yeah, Actually, I remember that. No, I was just saying like in yeah. general. Like I know Yeah, I know. I was I was just saying it's funny because we we're saying that. But even though they call him for most of the movie, they do have that one scene in Germany where the yeah. scientist now as like an older man is like, oh, you mean Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> it's really funny. But um, yeah, it's it's really, like I said, kind of like Wicked Kong, it's really cool to see like the Japanese interpretation of this iconic monster. And they he's very similar. <clears throat> I guess one, one of the design elements they kept, which I like, was, you know, big fucking forehead. And yeah, he well, well, like he kind of looks like a more um a human human universal Frankenstein yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, more lankier, but he still has like that face to him, which is nice. And like it's it's still it's very different, but still very reminiscent of it, which is really interesting to see. Um, but it's I find it really interesting how they were like we're gonna we're gonna make him a kind of like a kaiju a kaiju yeah. whatever <laughs> with what they did with him. Because like you're like okay he, did they did they explain why he was getting bigger which is kind of like his it was from the radiation oh the radiation <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so like, as usual he just keeps getting bigger and I thought that was really funny it's like oh my god Frankenstein's a monster well he's already a monster but he's a big monster now a kaijin kind of just wants to kaiju but whatever <laughs> but yeah and it's interesting you know they bring that kind of genre to Frankenstein and it's really yeah. interesting I think it leads to really unique monster fights because usually we have people in suits and just inherently can't be as like dynamic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ten of thoughts on that. If you want to yeah. go ton on that. Oh, one more time. I'm sorry. Oh, I was talking about um how with, without the suit, like he can be a lot more dynamic, like you mentioned. And yeah. Yeah. More yeah. freeform with how the fighting goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like not to put down the, the fights in any of these movies. Oh, they're yeah, really great. But like, it's kind of, interesting how usually with suit fights with two monsters it can be a little stiff at times it's mm-hmm. often why we have to resort to like throwing rocks or shooting beams at each other because you can't be too physical with the suits because otherwise it'll just look bad i guess mm-hmm. but here they managed to have like um hold on let me look up frankenstein's actor um uh, Which... Koji Koji Furuhada is able to do a lot of cool moves like jumping on Baragon's back and um, punching him directly and doing all these like wrestling moves. Remind me a lot of like Ultraman, which have a similar yeah. Them, since Ultraman is just a guy in a suit, basically. Mm-hmm. So it looks really cool. Yeah, Frankenstein is also like not even wearing any clothes; he's wearing like rags. So yeah, he's got no limitations on him. And speaking of, of Koji Furuhara, I find it interesting. I'm pretty sure from what I've read that he was deaf. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you mentioned that we were watching it. It's very interesting. And mm-hmm. that the reason why that was picked 
was to accentuate more Frankenstein's otherness. Mm-hmm. And like a very confused like other. What, what, yeah. What, how you described it, but yeah. It's it's real. He does a great job, I would say. I think it's that feeling of like just not really fitting in, feeling like an yeah. outsider to all of that. And I couldn't tell in his performance that he was deaf. He did a very good job. I really wonder what um, standards were for acting with um, someone who's deaf like that back then. I wonder how. Yeah, I have to imagine it wasn't great, unfortunately. Yeah, sixties. Mm-hmm. I I wonder if they even. If, I wonder if he knew sign language and if the production team new sign language to communicate yeah. with him. Especially because Japan specifically, and this is not just Japan, this is very common in a lot of Asian countries, Um, their stuff with disabilities isn't the best from what I've heard. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate. I, I hope he had a good time in production. Yeah. At least. But uh, his performance was great. Because really, he really could... Really because he, you also this thing also, he kind of had like two jobs. Where you have to do like Frankenstein the character, and also Frankenstein the physical fighting like yeah, monster jumping around and shit, <clears throat> no shoes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he killed it there. His physicality is really cool. I like him jumping around, like doing flips and shit. Yeah, like dodging Barry. Barry's like, I can't keep up with this man. Like, holy shit, <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny to me. Which okay. speaking of, oh, 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 go ahead, Crash. Oh, oh, mostly besides that, um. He gets he does the character very well and it's a really unique interpretation of yeah. That's it. Uh, I was gonna say I think it's time we talk about the other big monster in the movie, which is Baragon. His first Baron? appearance. Oh. oh my god, Crash! <laughs> the unbelievable. Yeah, Baragon. Baragon, no, not Barugon, not Baragon. <laughs> in his first ever appearance. Wow. I know you like that movie. Yeah, I do. <laughs> what a Bar- hot take. <laughs> because Baragon's my favorite besides Godzilla, as you should know. <laughs> if you watch our episodes, which you should have, which also haven't come out yet. Where she said that. <laughs> but still. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, the GMT episode is not out yet, funny enough, but I go with that more there. So I'll, I'll let you all hear it from that time there. But yeah, I think Baragon in this one is a really unique monster. I think his smaller size lets him be more scary than giant monsters can be at times. Yeah, I think his like his like status here works really well as a foe to Frankenstein. Yeah. He's not like world ending, but he's still like a formidable like a fucking earthquake formidable threat to all of them. Yeah. And I think his pairing with Frankenstein works well. The only thing is funny enough though, I'm glad they did it. But I do think it's funny that you can kind of tell the Baragon slot in for Godzilla. <laughs> because he's yeah, another yeah. big dinosaur. Oh, my, oh, oh, go ahead, Don. Oh, yeah. I was just agreeing because Baragon, there's kind of some leftover elements. I feel like like the fact that Baragon comes from the ocean. First yeah, initially. Tag. Yeah. It's really yeah. funny. Although I will say, at least, you know, they've written, they've written in, like, original abilities for him. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that too. He feels very fresh. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Be- just because he's also more based on, like, Ceratopsian dinosaurs, which for non-dinosaur nerds, aka not, not me and Ton, um, uh, Ceratopsians are, are, are the kind of dinosaurs that include, like, Triceratops and Cyracosaurus. So yeah. the horned herbivores. You can see that's an influence. They also give him a lot of like 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 mammal traits too, like Tom pointed out when we were watching it. Yeah. Um, 
you, you know this Baragon kind of has like a cat-like face and also the, the ears kind of move around like a bunny. It's kind of cute if it wasn't yeah. that really eats people. <laughs> Baragon's <laughs> yeah. adorable, funny enough. And that's why besides, even though he only appeared in this and a very brief canvas around monsters, he's actually one of the most popular monsters in Japan, apparently, from what I've heard. Really mm. interesting. I wonder if GMK was the main thing for that. GMK definitely helped that more, but the reason why um, uh, Baragon was picked to, to last in GMK over Angus and Varan was that Baragon was the most popular of those three. Mm. Another yeah. sign, though, which Ton might remember. Wait, really? Even more than Angus? Yes, actually more than really? Angus in, in Japan. It's interesting. That's kind um, of... Uh, wow. Ton, if you might remember, Baragon's in Dragon Ball. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes? Yeah. He's oh, a cameo. <laughs> Fascinating. Baragon, the pink monster. <laughs> I like his color scheme. <laughs> yeah, funny enough, I noticed this actually on 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 this young and that really hit me. Baragon's colors are really different in this compared to GMK. Yeah, he's much more he's darker. Yeah, he's more like a like a brown in yeah. this, and GMK makes him more of like a bright red. I actually prefer the GMK design, but I do like the show Baragon design too. Also, there's some really funny scenes of Baragon in this. Like, not even on purpose, just because of how <laughs> it happened. Um, like him fighting with the horse. Oh, oh, that was so funny. They had a fucking <laughs> horse puppet, and they were just like bringing it up and down to try to make it look like it's panicking. It was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and, the and then you see Baragon like, like struggling with it. That was, I know. So that was hilarious. That or or, or or the bit. Oh wait, what? Real quick crash. Or like the bit where he eats all the chickens, and you just see the feathers flying out of his mouth after. Mm -hmm. That's so funny, and that leads to what I was gonna say. This movie has mm -hmm. an anti-farm agenda. So many farm animals <laughs> get killed in this movie constantly. It's really funny. Like every just like, oh shit, I lost all my fucking chickens. This Frankenstein monster ate my cow. Baragon <laughs> ate my horse. Like all the farm animals just getting. Brutalized here. <laughs> well, what else are they going to eat, Crash? I don't know. The people? I don't know. Like, come well, on. Well, Baragon <laughs> does eat people, actually. They mention it. Damn. Okay. Well, damn. All fucking buffet out here, I guess. Just everything's, everything's an option. Damn. Because cause if you remember, remember how when that town gets destroyed by Baragon, mm -hmm. they mentioned there's nobody left? Damn, Baragon. Baragon ate everyone Chill. in that town. <laughs> also, I feel like Baragon's effects are really good too. Like the, the barrowing, I have to imagine. I remember Ama um, uh, because this is very much played by Haru Nakajima in this, who played Godzilla from hmm. the first wow. twelve Godzilla movies, more or less, or at least was Godzilla for at least one scene in the first twelve. Um, uh, and like, so they had to like put Haru Nakajima under a bunch of rocks, and he <laughs> said it made him very claustrophobic. Oh my! <laughs> For obvious reasons, and they in one time they had to bury him out because he got stuck underneath all the rocks. Oh my oh, gosh! Poor guy. Haru Nakajima <laughs> suffered. There's also mm -hmm. a time when he almost had his dick blown off on Varen, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> on Varen, the unbelievable. Yeah, I'm like not surprised. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I also so a power a power he hasn't had in a while actually too. I like it. I like the imagery of Baragon's glowing horn in this. Yeah, it looks really cool. Also, I really like how he often tries to get a shot off, but just can't ever hit him because he's too fast. Oh yeah, Frank. He always tries to fire the flame <laughs> breath 
and Frankenstein <laughs> just leaps out of the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really funny. Funny enough, did you notice that they actually show why Baragon has that power? Uh, I think I might have missed it, actually. Maybe just if, you, if you notice in the final fight, Baragon fires at, at, at like the ground, and then he starts barrowing. So it's implied that's how he melts the ground enough for uh, him to barrow. That makes sense. That's cool. Also, <laughs> speaking of Baragon's dinosaur stuff, it's very funny to me how they were like, oh, what if the dinosaurs just dug under the ground when it got yes, too cold? Yes, that was hilarious. Like, oh yeah, Baragon's a dinosaur. He just, when, they, when, they, when things were turning to shit, he just dug underground and just survived. <laughs> It's like, damn, it was that easy, you fucking idiot dinosaurs. Come on, all you have to do is dig <laughs> underground. <laughs> There's a lot of surviving dinosaurs in the show era. You've know. got you got Godzilla, Baragon, Gorosaurus, Rodan. Oh, yeah. There has to be more. Uh, who are not coming to me yet, but those are the four that, that, that come to my mind. Oh, duh, the Titanosaurus too. True, true, true. But I forgot about Titanosaurus. Wild Crash. Trevor <laughs> Godzilla's in your top ten. <laughs> not for Titanosaurus. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's okay, I guess. Even though he wasn't in Singular Point. He should have been. That's another. Go mm-hmm. watch a Singular Point episode. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, that's a real interesting thing of the show. They like their dinosaurs. Yeah. Also, Baragon's leaping ability is so funny. And he leaps mm-hmm. a lot in this movie too, and he almost always misses. <laughs> the bed where he just falls on his ass. That's what I was It's so funny. Baragon, he just can't handle a, like a literal human. Like they're just too agile. <laughs> they always jump. Yeah, it's so way. funny. He's like, I liked it better when you were like five foot tall. I could see you. <laughs> really you, you have Frankenstein jumping on Baragon's back and just like smacking the fuck out of him, like I know, him the like hitting with a rock and shit. Hilarious. Yeah, grabbing his his horn, grabbing his chin, like swinging him around. It's so, <laughs> it's so good. I love it. I wish he could have showed up and destroy all monsters. And uh, <sighs> that would have been hilarious. <laughs> Frankenstein there, just Frankenstein vibing out. Mm-hmm. He would have been a useful ally. The funny thing is, Frankenstein is actually probably the easiest one to bring back because he's public domain. Technically, I should say, yeah, right. Maybe. Yeah, so Toho could use it whenever they want. Technically, I bet they just feel like he doesn't fit. Yeah, but it would be. I think just because he's also a little bit weird because he kind of has such a legacy outside of kaiju, yeah. like a huge one. Definitely. So I imagine it's probably like eh, I think we can leave the, that one as like. You think we can leave him in the show era? Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, um, real quick before I get into the ending, is there anything anybody else would want to talk about? Real quick. Um, uh, I like how Baragon's ears fold around his horn. That's a really cool design choice. Oh yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. I never noticed that's why he has a little clip in his ears. Yep. Jim didn't reuse that. I don't think, but but the clips yeah. are still there. I guess they yeah didn't. Um, uh, I know, fine enough, there was actually a behind, not scenes, um, an EU magazine or book or something that showed why Baryon has those ears. They're actually to protect his eyes while he's digging. That makes sense. So no dirt, no dirt gets in your eyes. Yeah. Um, Ton, I, I, I feel like me and Chris have been talking a lot <laughs> compared to you. <laughs> Is there anything you wanted to comment on or talk about? Um... 
I feel like you guys went over everything nicely. Um, stuff. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, so, 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 do you have anything to tell, or should I go, go, go to the ending real quick? Um, it's just a quick thing on the oh. like, historical stuff. So, so I, did, did, I don't think I commented on it. Oh, yeah, you did. Um, yeah, I like how, like, certainly with um, Japanese media, they don't really shy away from World War II or anything. But it's interesting just seeing how openly it's kind of shown, and not in like a propaganda or apologist way, just an honest, like, a fictional element where you see like Japanese and German forces cooperating, yeah, and fighting against the Allies. It's like, oh, it's an interesting, very grounded mm-hmm. go ahead, take first. on that. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say something interesting. I noticed. I don't know if this was on purpose or if it was more accurate. There's no swastikas in any of the Nazi stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that might have been intentional. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering if it was intentional or not. Because yeah. the only Nazi symbol that you have is you know, um uh, the lead like the lead guy who takes the heart has the um uh, Nazi eagle, but that's mm-hmm. the only like Nazi symbol I feel like you see. Yeah, yeah. Honda kind of kept it just the Iron Cross, which is a German symbol, but not necessarily a Nazi one. People mm-hmm. can argue that but Jeremy still use it today so uh, yeah can <laughs> I also think it interesting because like you don't get much media um, uh, from Japan or otherwise about that weird span of time where Japan was the last Axis member left because they mm-hmm. have the bit where they go um, Germany has fallen Germ- or no no Germany has reached the end of her line it's just us now yeah which is why I asked you like, how did Japan feel when that happened? <laughs> Where they were literally the last one left. Mm-hmm. And I think you kind of get a little bit of that desperation. Yeah, you from, the, from the Japanese side, because they're like, hopefully they give us something that will help us win. But go ahead, Ton, I'm sorry. Yeah, you don't get that mood of kind of just there alone now and feeling desperate, which is like, you kind of it's interesting with the scene where the um, Japanese scientists prior to the bombing of Hiroshima just talking about how usually when you have kind of like these super soldier projects and it's just like some cackling villain who's mm-hmm. like, yeah, so like unstoppable soldiers, but in this movie the scientist sounds almost like desperate. Like, yeah. I feel like maybe like a relative or of his died in the war or something. Kind of interesting, unique viewpoint. Yeah. So, um, uh, I guess unless, oh yeah, ton. There is one other thing I want. Excuse me, if you want to talk about because I feel like me and Crash moved on pretty quick from it. Did you have mm-hmm. anything else you wanted to share about like the radiation scenes in this? Oh yeah, um, just that. Yeah, I think Honda once again has interest. Like you guys say, he has very progressive views on radiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't really treat it as like an evil thing, more just a curious thing. Because mm-hmm. I think that kind of reflects the mood at the time, because nuclear and atomic energy was kind of a big thing people were pushing. And 
there's kind of a different view of how we could use it instead of a, as a weapon, but of something for healing and yeah, and for energy. So it was interesting to see that view in this movie. Yeah, almost like it'll come back later. Whistles. Hmm. 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 Anyways, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I I won't get in, into discourse again. Um. So yeah. There's something very funny with the ending of this movie. Not the ending itself, but the fact that there exists two endings. There's the Japanese ending, where after Frankenstein snaps Baragon's neck, the ground collapses out from under them, and they both fall into the earth, and that's the end of the movie. Meanwhile, in the international and TV cut, there's an ending that was removed from the American edition that was originally planned for the American edition. And that was a scene where after Frankenstein kills Baragon, he throws him down and then out of nowhere a giant octopus shows up. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> the giant octopus. He survived his encounter with King Kong. He's back for revenge <laughs> against Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we watched that ending just for fun after we finished the movie and it's so funny. Like Everything progresses the same, but just after Frankenstein defeats Baragon, there's just the giant squid. There's no buildup. There's no, like, lead. Yeah, there's the nothing. movie never implies it. <laughs> implies <laughs> it's the existence of a giant squid in the area. It octopus just, like, crash, it, technically. Okay. Whatever. Giant octopus. It just fucking shows up. It literally just, like, crawls up and, like, with the dramatic music, and she's like, oh, shit, it's the giant octopus. I mean, it's funny, because the audience, like, all the, like, bystanders just like, what the fuck? Like, even, like, they're confused. They're just like, what's this giant octopus? And they, don't, <laughs> they don't acknowledge it at all. They don't say anything. They're just looking at it while Frankenstein slightly struggles with an octopus and dies. And then they're just like, rest in peace, Frankenstein. They don't even they don't even talk about the octopus. It's so funny. Well, there's, like, <laughs> one line where it's like, it, it, it's a giant octopus. Yeah, and, and then, then like and like Kumi and then like Kumi Zuma's character goes like, "Oh, there's no way that he can win against him." And it's <laughs> like it's the giant octopus. And it's like what? What is this? It's and the thing is because because the American producer, we want to see exist, loved the scene where King Kong Godzilla so much. He asked Toll to insert it into this movie. <laughs> so the only monster that can defeat Godzilla. <laughs> It's so random, it doesn't make any sense. And the effects for it look way worse because it's not like an actual octopus this time. It's a it's 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 like a weird puppet they're using. Yeah, it's a very awkward puppet that really I was honestly hastily assembled. Yeah. It's, it's like it's honestly impressive that it looks as good as it does for a rush job, but it's still just They should have just thrown a real octopus at Frank instead. <laughs> I just had to tussle with it for like a few minutes. It, it it's just it's so bad. I'm so glad they cut that from so the funny, from the theatrical version. But it it's it's so weird. If he's the secret final boss, like after you 100 the game, then you fight the secret octopus. They oh, it's funny enough though. Did you know that the giant octopus was cut from Save the Earth? What? Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't considered um, a character in that. That's absolutely uh, <laughs> why they why are they cut him? He's iconic. He's the giant octopus. From, I don't know. Frank do I do I do I look <laughs> like, like the maker of Save the Earth? 
<laughs> no, but you should time travel and convince him to put it in there because that'd be <laughs> hilarious. That'd be like the, the secret unlock of the game. Like, you'd be, imagine you 100% like you want to lock giant octopus. Like, that'd be so fucking funny. All your hard work, you get the best <laughs> monster in the show era. Giant octopus. <laughs> giant octopus. I like that's his name. Not even a fucking epic name. It's giant well, funny octopus. enough, there is um uh, an English and a Japanese name for him, but it doesn't. It just basically just means some um, uh, oc- giant octopus, more or less. It's <laughs> it's some um, uh, it's some um, uh, odaku. Odaku. Yeah. I, I think giant octopus. Oh wait, oh wait, no, 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 no odaku. <laughs> o- odaku. Odaku. Oh, oh, okay. Giant. It's like giant octopus because it's just like just a fucking description. It's just the giant octopus. <laughs> I know, right? Well, uh, well, it's just like the giant condor from Ebra. Yeah, exactly. Giant condor. Oh, dude, we need more giant monsters. <laughs> <laughs> They're so uh, funny because they always die immediately. My mm. vote is, is for the giant Pokesaurus. Giant Pokesaurus. <laughs> I- iconic. Mm. But, um, yeah, that ending was fucking hilarious. It's just so out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, like, like that's why I'm glad that we that, that the theatrical ending was the one that they decided to keep, more or less. Yeah. It's definitely superior. <laughs> By far. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember even as a kid not liking the octopus ending when I saw it. I was like, "It doesn't make sense." <laughs> it's just a giant octopus. You weren't like, "Holy shit, it's a giant octopus!" No, no. And, and the funny thing is, though, as I mentioned this, even the American producer after was like, "Nah, this sucks. Cut it." <laughs> they should have just cut like the rest of the movie and only had the giant octopus. They could just call <laughs> a giant octopus conquers the world. Oh my god, Crash. <laughs> That's gonna be your next memetic love. <laughs> the giant octopus. I love it. Just, just so basic. I love it. <clears throat> but uh yeah, that's all I can think about for like the ending and yeah. I think. <laughs> though though there is one fun fact. Did I mention this on Astro Monster? Actually I think I might have all repeated it because it's funny. Um uh, Kumi Mizuno and Nick Adams were hooking up. Oh yeah. Allegedly. I that, yeah. <laughs> behind the scenes. So it's funny that they were once again playing a couple in this. I know. Yeah. Maybe that's what it led to. Who knows? Maybe they had to that's what I've heard. That's that's why they like started getting into each other. Yeah. Because they are really nice chemistry on screen. Yeah, they they really do. Together. Really good actors. Even with Nick Adams being dubbed over. Yeah, again. Mm-hmm. And also yeah. reminds me of the really funny um the scientist. Oh yeah, the scientist is dubbing is really clear. <laughs> <laughs> These lip syncs do not match at all. It's hilarious. I, I feel like I, just... I wonder if he was speaking German, honestly. Honestly, yeah, maybe. Because I feel like English lip flaps fit fit better with Japanese. Yeah, usually. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was speaking German. I don't know. I because really his was the... very overt that it wasn't matching up. With these kinds of performances, do they just like? Does the English actor speak in English and like the Japanese actor still respond yes. in Japanese? Yes. That's very funny. And that seems really confusing. <laughs> I guess, but on the other hand, though, I guess you have to think it was probably easier for the English actors. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. If he knows to do Japanese, their lines in English. Yeah. If he knows Japanese and can you know, speak English fluently, makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's really funny. Imagine on set. It's like that's like like a bilingual moment. You know, you're speaking and responding in two different languages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 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 that was just a nice, funny little bit of trivia. Um. Before we close out, does anyone have anything else they want to say on on this movie, or are we good? Mm, nothing. I, just, I can't wait to see Frankenstein again in a year. 
Oh yeah, I guess I guess we're gonna announce it. I know everybody's like, okay, when are you when are you guys gonna do War of the Gargantuas then? Because that because that one's like actually a very popular movie, way more popular than this one. Even though I think this one's better personally, but that's just my opinion. Um, and w- I might as well announce it. We're gonna save it for next Halloween. So it's gonna be a big wait. I know. But I feel like these two work really well as Halloween movies. So the way will we work it, I, I promise. And Crash can now see this poster and know he has to wait a year to see it. I'll torture him. Whoa. That's like weird, like Yeti monsters. Half human, too. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, the, that, that's going to be coming in a year. So there you go. You know what our Halloween festival will be a year out. Halloween, <laughs> oh, um, so yeah, I guess we can close it out then. Um, uh, Crash, what are your closing thoughts on Frankenstein Conquest um, the World? I think it's a really fun movie. If you like classic show stuff, I definitely recommend you can see like a unique take on Frankenstein and the origins of Baragon. It's just really fun all around. I think you get a lot of enjoyment out of it. It's really, sh- it's not like really short, but it's 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 really easily digestible. And, like, yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, like you said, it's literally an hour 30. So. Yeah, so I. I'd, I'd recommend if you if you really like the show and stuff for sure. Ton. Uh yeah. Um this this one's fun. I recommend it easily. It's uh got a nice, simple, straightforward plot, really easy to get into. You can watch it anytime, anywhere. Uh, you, you won't be bored at this point. Uh really good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, for me, I would I would recommend it highly, especially if you're into the Showa era, or you just want to kind of catch up on the rest of Honda's filmography. It has a very unique horror tone. It has it feels very fresh too from the other Showa stuff because of that. Um, it's very easy to get into, even though it covers some serious topics. I feel like it doesn't get grim about them. Interesting enough. It's still a very yeah. like easy film to watch. So yeah, I'd recommend it. Okay, everyone, this has been our second Halloween special. I hope everyone has a has a nice and happy Halloween whenever you're listening to this. Have be, be safe, have a good time. And thank you for listening. Have a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, Halloween. everyone. <laughs>